재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Well, last week, the private space firm SpaceX made history by successfully landing its Falcon 9 booster after delivering a payload. And this marks the first time that an orbital class booster traveled to space and returned back to land intact. Uh, traditionally, rocket boosters are usually a one-shot affair, and it does make them cost prohibitive. But the Fal- Falcon 9 landing is deemed to be an important first step towards the future development of reusable rockets, and that could have huge implications for the future of space exploration. Uh, to tell us more, uh, we're very pleased to have joining us on the line Emeritus Professor Mike Cruz, uh, Astrophysics and Space Research at the University of Birmingham. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, Professor. Uh, the idea of reusable rockets, and if we can further develop this technology, uh, in terms of cost savings, and we don't need maybe specific numbers, how, how uh, I suppose, immense a cost-benefit is that to the space industry? Well, we don't really know yet because this is the first serious attempt to do it in a completely reusable fashion. There have been two other uh, systems which have had reusable elements, one of them famously the space shuttle, Mm. um, and it's not yet completely clear how big the cost savings will be. Um, You've got to remember that although you may save money uh, actually by reusing the rocket, the actual process of launch and everything that goes with it is very expensive as well. So if you look at the total mission cost, uh, it may only be a 30% saving that we're looking at here. Very valuable and puts them in a competitive position, but it may not be the huge factor of saving that I think SpaceX are looking for. Does that mean then, I suppose it's been hyped up a bit, but uh, the idea that Falcon 9 considered a success it doesn't mean maybe within five and ten years we're going to have very regular <laughs> space trips where uh, people on the street can purchase a ticket and, and fly out. That's certainly not the case then as, as it stands right now. Well, I think it's, it's just a little bit too early to say. I, I applaud the work that uh, SpaceX have done in, in Falcon 9. I think it's absolutely brilliant. They're achieving many of the targets that they're setting themselves. And I think we've just got to wait and see how much of a cost saving they can produce. Um, uh, I, I hope it's huge. I mean, I hope they will achieve the kind of factors of seven or ten uh, cost saving. And then you may be looking at a realistic uh, scenario where, you know, spaceflight becomes much, much cheaper. But uh, you've got to remember all the time that you're sitting people on top of effectively a bomb that you're trying to control. Right. And that is very different from designing a jetliner or something of that nature. And I think we shouldn't uh, get too carried away and, until they begin to demonstrate the savings that they can achieve. And for us laymen, maybe, uh, we're hoping you could explain to us in a way that we can understand. Uh, we've, we've talked about space exploration. We know about the uh, major achievements of the past few decades. But as far as the recovery procedure is concerned uh, with these rockets, why is it so complex and why is it so difficult? Well, um, you've got the the rocket obviously taking off and doing its uh, job of delivering a satellite to orbit. Then they've got to turn it round uh, uh, and kind of rotate it so it comes down on its base. They've got to carry enough fuel with them to be able to slow the rocket down. They've got to fire rockets downward to slow it down as it falls. And then they've got to very precisely land it on its base. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and all of those things are complex. Uh, they're not impossible to do, but they're difficult to get all coordinated together. And I think that's really uh, the uh, challenge that faces them. Um, and I, I, it's, it's great they've succeeded this once. Uh, we've got to wait and see how often they can do this, how reliable that system is. In terms of some of the other things you would like to see as uh, SpaceX continues to uh, try and develop their technology and some other competing firms as well, uh, what are some of the, uh, I suppose, challenges that do need to be overcome? Uh, they have, on top of their Falcon 9 rocket, the one that's just landed uh, from, from orbit, uh, they have a, a unit called the Dragon, which is the actual spacecraft which they hope in the future will will be able to uh, go into orbit and link up with the space station and so forth. So that Dragon spacecraft has to be made what we call man-rated. That is to say, all of the systems on board uh, must have a, an extremely high level of safety, an extremely high level of reliability. You don't need that level of reliability if you're not launching humans. Mm -hmm. So I think they're, at the moment, going through a process of of uh, a kind of redesign of Dragon so that it will be man-rated. <clears throat> NASA have given them a big contract, $1.6 billion to do this. Um, and I think that's going to take them up the, to the next step when, when that whole, whole uh, system is man-rated and they can take humans up into space with it and bring them back. Um, the next uh, issue they'll have to address is a long-term issue, and that is the overall reliability. <clears throat> uh, they've lost one... Uh, vehicle out of, I think it's 19 they've launched so far. So that's a, a failure rate of about 5%. <clears throat> excuse me. I think they've got to get that down to, to closer to 2% uh, in order to be really competitive in uh, situations, particularly in situations where you're launching humans. So those are the two big right. challenges, man rating and higher reliability. It, it feels like then the sample size of 20 is way too small if we're talking about trying to get to a 2% rate. We're, we're, we're envisioning then many, many more launches before we can all confidently say that, uh, as you point out, it would be man-rated and safe. That's right, but they are, they've designed this whole system really very cleverly. I mean, they've, they've got an aiming point, uh, I don't know, in five or ten years where they're launching you know, 10 or 20 of these a year. So it may not be that long that we have to wait before the statistics build up. We should uh, compare it with other launch vehicles. Um, the European Ariane 5, for instance, lost four vehicles in the first, I think, 15. And then since mm -hmm. then, it's had nearly 60 launches without failure. So I think at the beginning of a program, you, you expect what we call this infant mortality, you know, uh, the, the early stages, there are flaws in the design which are, which are uncovered and then put right on a permanent basis. And I think we can look to Falcon, if it's successful, uh, getting into a regular delivery to orbit where uh, the reliability is proven to be really good. And the other question a lot of people have is you mentioned NASA giving a huge contract, $1.6 billion. Uh, there's been talk, uh, there's been articles written about the shift from, uh, I suppose, government agencies like NASA and the initiatives and perhaps a lot of the momentum being driven now by this private space industry. Is that a trend that we will continue to see? I think so. I, I mean, there have been several... Um entrepreneurs who, who have an interest in space, uh, famously Richard Branson here in the UK has an interest too. 
um, and they are willing to put a lot of their private money into it. Um, I, I think, actually, there's not such a big difference. I mean, I've just said uh, NASA has given SpaceX $1.6 billion to man-rate the Dragon vehicle. Well, that's just the same as happened during the shuttle days where you had a contractor given money by the government. So mm -hmm. I don't know that this is a really different situation. But when you get people uh, like Elon Musk, the, the, essentially the owner of, of right. SpaceX, um, putting a lot of private capital, it means he can drive the system design in the direction he wants before he goes to NASA to ask for some money. And I think that's going to produce a number of different uh, orbital delivery systems mm. with different characteristics, and that'll be interesting to see. Very interesting. Professor Cruz, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. You're welcome. That was Professor Mike Cruz, Emeritus Professor at the University of Birmingham. Soul City News up next.